Are you a church leader trying to navigate the tension of doing ministry both online and in person? Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, a podcast where church leaders and ministry experts share ideas, solutions, and experiences about making church work both in person and online. Meet the hosts of Bricks and Clicks, a Brit and an Aussie who became friends in their efforts of making churches irresistible. Duncan Banks lives just outside London, England, and Jason Perkins lives in Brisbane, Australia. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Banksy and Perko. Well, g'day, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Bricks and Clicks podcast, where we are trying to help you navigate the uncertain world of doing church both online and in person. And on today's episode, we actually have part one of a two-part episode all about Christmas. We're going to do some things on the episode that are super fun. We're going to find out some fascinating things from all parts of the world. In fact, we're going to take you to all four corners of the world over these next two episodes. And we're also going to learn some things about how we can make church irresistible in every part of the world, especially during this incredible season of Christmas. So, Duncan, why don't you introduce us to our first guest, where they're from, and tell us a little bit about our friend. So I've always been absolutely fascinated uh, on, on the subject of how people celebrate the beautiful Christmas season in different cultures and in different countries and on different continents. And I'm so excited that my friend Morgan Herschelman, all the way from South Africa, is, is here with us today. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about what happens in his family and what happens in his country as a South African around the Christmas period. So what traditionally, Morgan, what's, what's Christmas like in South Africa? What, do, what, what are the big Christmas traditions in South Africa? I think uh, from a traditional point of view, I think we still all go to church. Uh, I think that on, a, on Christmas Day, regardless of where you are in your faith and regardless of where you are uh, in your belief system, you go to church. And if you don't go to church, granny gets a little upset with you. And uh, so uh, for my family, I, I married into a very large family with my, my wife. And uh, family, Christmas lunch can be anything from like 35 to 55 people. And so wow. early morning, it's off to church uh, in the sunshine because, uh, you know, we're not like the UK where it's dark and gloomy. Uh, it's beautiful, you know, beautiful weather. Um, head off there if it's uh, crayfish season, if it's rock lobster season, we'll go uh, go catch some rock lobster for hors d'oeuvres um, before Christmas lunch. And uh, you know, as a family, we would celebrate you know pretty much the whole day and then fall asleep on the lawn outside while we playing croquet or volleyball or you know badminton. Oh, that's just some honestly, sport, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. Yeah. I mean, that, see, it's outrageous. We, we number just, one, we just that- get better weather. Yeah, I mean, it's outrageous that you would dare to call my homeland dark and gloomy. That's outrageous <laughs> to start with. It's true, absolutely true, yeah. but it's outrageous. But the thought of lying on the lawn eating lobster on Christmas Day is yeah. just completely and utterly wild. Yeah, Listen, when it's, you, it's when you amazing. Start lobster cooking, you know it's you know it's Christmas, man. You know it's Christmas. Do you not have turkey? Do you have turkey and all the trimmings? Do you have all the all that oh, stuffing? And- it- it depends, you know, it depends on the size of the family on the day, but most people will do like a gammon or a, um, you know, some, some might, someone might venture out and do a turducken. Um, but, uh, a what? you know, that's a, a turducken. So a oh, turducken okay. Two ducks. Inside a duck, inside a turkey. It's okay. a duck. Yeah. It's yeah. the, it's the yeah. duck inside and the, so they'll, they'll inside just the turkey. Like, so yeah, it's all three then, in one. Um, that's right. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, you, you, you kind of go to church wherever you can, whatever your closest church is, you go there. You know, if you're traveling around the country for, uh, 
for Christmas season, then you end up going to your family's church or your home church or wherever you, you can find around there. So, um, okay. So, yeah, so this as an organization, it's a great opportunity to be able to recapture people coming in. This is a, a, a brand new landscape for all of us, this COVID landscape where every church is changing everything and we're doing it weekly because we don't quite know what's around the corner next. So what are you doing? Because it's such a big opportunity, Christmas. What are your plans this Christmas? In person, online, both? So at the moment, we, we're planning to do uh, both in person and online. And it would be what we would normally do is we'd try to do that big opener, you know, five, five to 10 minutes of big opener, something that kind of sit, pe people sit back and go, like, is this really church? Like really sort of try and defunct whatever preconceptions they may have of the church as a traditional church. Um, and then moving to, we would normally do a very quick thing for families uh, to highlight some of our children's ministries. And then um, we, I mean, we've, we've reused content along the way, uh, you know, over the years. And then two quick songs. We normally do a, a very short gospel-centered message. Now we always end with, um, with singing Silent Night together and having candles that we hold up. So anybody who's taken a walk in their faith, they hand, hold up a candle. Um, and we, we basically switch off all the lights and just sing Silent Night, the last stanza of Silent Night in the darkness with these beautiful candles going everywhere wow. and ask everyone to look around and really, you know, just celebrate what God has done throughout the year. And so that's what we have planned at the moment. That could change in a week's time, depending on what, you know, is happening around the world. But yeah. we, we try and stick to the same formula every year because we know our people love what we do and they get to bring their family and friends to, to experience that. This year, we're probably going to open our children's ministry and have each, each of our children's ministries have their own experience um, because I, I, love that I, I idea. think we're not going to cope with the numbers. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on that idea of holding, if, if God has done something special in your life that you can think of right now, light a candle and hold it up and then turn the lights mm -hmm. out and you've just got this sea of little lights, which represent God moving in a human being. I mean, that, I bet there's not a dry eye in the house while you're singing Silent Night. I mean, how, what a great memory that is to take away at Christmas. Well, listen, if they're not crying from uh, the emotion of the whole thing, they're crying because there's wax on their hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> One final question. What's on your, what's the top of your Christmas wish list? I mean, you know, what is it? Like a new, new iPhone? Is it, um, you know, some, a, a new bry? I mean, what's the, I see, I know my South African. I've been doing a bit of, look at that. I've got some friends that live live in uh, White White River, so um, near Joburg. Yes. Nails is it yeah, Nailsprit? Nailsprit, yeah, Nailsprit. Yeah, that's where I've got some friends. Yeah, I am. Um, I honestly, I would actually just love some family time. I COVID has been so hard on me this year. Um, you know, having to juggle everything. I, I I don't really care if I get a gift this year. I just want to be able to spend some time with my girls and my family. Um, you know, sitting here by the water, this is where we come in December. And so being able to sail and um, do everything is, is what I'm really looking forward to. You know, Morgan, I think that you have hit on something that is a nerve around the world that as church leaders, we probably need to pay attention to this year is that the gift of time for things that are most important is probably one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our communities this year in some way, okay. shape or form. Um, I know, I know one of the things that uh, we've been talking about as a network of churches here in Australia. And I know Duncan, you guys have talked about this in the UK as well 
is that one of the unique offerings that a church has at this Christmas time is this idea of giving the gift of hope. And I think that's something that we have that's unique to us. You know, you can't go down to the local shopping center or the local mall or whatever you call it, department store, wherever you're listening from around the world and, and buy a box of hope. You can't do that. But when you go to church around Christmas time, what an amazing gift that would be if we could have every single person that connected or engaged with our church, whether online or in person, to walk away having the gift of hope this season, I think would be a powerful, powerful gift to give to people. So, Morgan, I've, been, uh, I've just, while you've been speaking, I've been trying to, I've been looking on Amazon for, for time to, to buy, see if I can buy it. But buy some time. It's, yeah, it's just <laughs> not there. Cause I, or, I agree or a box of hope. Is there a box of hope that yeah. you can get? Like I've got Amazon Prime. Hopefully they deliver it like the next day because I'd love some <laughs> hope in a box right now. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> be beautiful. How good would that be? Morgan, so fun to connect with you, mate. And uh, thanks for calling in from South Africa for us, man, on the podcast. So, so appreciate your time. Duncan, fun to hear what's happening around the world around Christmas time. I'd love to know, I'd love to know, mate, in the UK, Duncan, what's the, what's the opposite of like, you know, lobster and seafood at Christmas time? What do you guys do there when you're freezing your pants off? You know, you're going to have to call it dark and gloomy UK from now on because Morgan's completely renamed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to put that on, on our website, the dark and gloomy country. Um, yeah, right. What's the opposite of lobster? I, I don't know. Most, a lot, I live in a little village and what the tradition in our village, I know this sounds awful, but somebody stays at home to cook the turkey in the morning and other people from the home go to the local pub and they'll have a, a quick pint. And actually, it's normally the people who are cooking the turkey saying to everyone else, just get out from under my feet. Yeah, yeah, get so out of the house. Get Stay out, out of the, of the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, for me, certainly Christmas Day, we always had a service. When I was in church ministry for 30 years, we had a, we had a service on Christmas morning. So it was always pretty crazy, um, you know, church life on, on, on Christmas morning. So uh, it was always a bit of a scramble. So, but once that was done and you were home and the turkey was in the oven, it was just, it was magical. It was really exciting. But I don't think there's an equivalent to lobster tails. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a great chef. What about you? What's the, I mean, you guys have barbies outside in the boiling heat on Christmas Day in Australia as well, don't you? Mate, it's hard to find a king prawn three or four days oh. before Christmas that you can buy. Like king prawns on the barbie, that is the go-to Christmas Day meal um, okay. in Australia is to get a bunch of prawns and um, yeah, eat those, which is similar to lobster tail. It's not quite the same, yeah. but I also live in a region of Australia that has what they call Morton Bay bugs, but it's actually uh, like a lobster. It's uh, not a bug at all, but it's just referred to as a, as a bug in Morton Bay. So that, that would be another traditional thing. But yeah, we cook outside because it's hot. And I would say most people go to the beach on Christmas Day. That's like a That's very... Bad very traditional thing to do on Christmas day is to head to the beach and enjoy the hot weather that that is Christmas day for sure. Yeah. No, we, we don't eat lobster or prawn. We don't eat anything that reminds us of sunshine. Yeah. You know, we have big <laughs> roast dinners and roast potatoes sat around a fire, just trying to keep warm. <laughs> so that's the aim. So Morgan and Duncan, I'd love to know, like when it comes to people that don't typically go to church, what's the ideal time for a Christmas service in your context is it christmas morning or would you say nah that's more traditionally the church attendee goes on christmas morning 
and maybe people that don't typically go to church, it's a Christmas Eve thing? Or would you say, no, it's, it's actually Christmas Day is the best time to reach people that aren't normally in church? What's it like in South Africa, Morgan, timing-wise? So we, we actually tried a few different things a couple of years ago. We tried the Christmas Eve thing, didn't yeah. work. So okay. uh, we've come, come back around to saying, you know, like 8.30 and 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, on, a, on Christmas morning, Christmas those morning. are the times. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Love that. What about you, Duncan? Yeah, Christmas Eve wouldn't work in our church. Um, so we, most churches in the UK would do their, they call it, we call them carol services. Yeah. And we keep them pretty, even if we're North Point style churches and trying to be a bit funky, we still keep them real traditional. We don't mess with the carols because people want to sing yeah. traditional carols that they remember from their childhood. Uh, and we would do that normally middle of December. Yeah, okay. Um, and because people just get busy as it gets closer to Christmas and church is a, is a, is a bother rather than a joy. Um, so that's where most people do their inviting to the carol service, which is mid-December. And then we would have something on Christmas morning, which was more for the church family, but you've always got, all the church family have got aunties and uncles and cousins and brothers You're who are staying from out of so, town. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So our two biggest services were the Christmas carol service and the Christmas day service. They were the biggest services we did in our, in our year. And certainly for the carol service, numbers would quadruple. And, and, and I, you know, I'd spend all year inviting my friends from my football team and from the pub and everything else to come to church with me. And they never would. And yet come around Christmas, they would knock on my door and say, when are you doing your carols? Can we come? Can we bring the family? <laughs> they would invite themselves to church on Christmas. It was, it was just an easy win. Yeah. What's a traditional invest and invite look like for you guys? So what is that? What does it look like in South Africa, Morgan, to create opportunities to partner with your church regular church attendees to invite their neighbors colleagues from work friends family what does that look like and for us it's uh it's just inviting people to a christmas service uh i think christmas going to church on christmas is so ingrained in who we are as as a nation and yeah. i think we 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 tried that a while ago and realized that that is still the case yeah um and so it's more about hey where are you going for christmas or oh, we'll come to my church uh, where are you going for christmas what are you doing with christmas this year uh, no come to my church what about you guys, Duncan? Same, similar type of thing? Yeah, it's like a lot of things. We try really hard, the churches in our network in particular, try really hard to partner with um, their people um, so that, that they'll, they'll produce, you know, little flyers that you can hand out to people, to your friends. They'll produce digital invites. They'll produce little teaser 60-second videos that their people can share on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, so the, the churches try and partner with the people to provide all the resources they need to help them to do the inviting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's, you know, Morgan, and you would know this Perco, the, the I always found, you know, I preached on Christmas every year for 30 years. And the problem mm -hmm. is the story is always the same. The baby gets born, <laughs> nothing changes. You know? And it, yeah. it's really hey, hard we got to a, think of something. We've got a whole fresh. new take on Christmas this year. You've got to come to my church to hear about it. <laughs> there was, there was no baby. No baby. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, so, here's what I would love to know from you guys' perspective is what have you seen to be effective? Cause it's great. It's great to get somebody, you know, especially with the type of churches that we are looking to create. It's great to get that, that unchurched friend or that, that coworker that you work with to come along on Christmas day or at a Christmas carols thing. But what's the thing that you've seen effective that maybe, a percentage of those people want to come back come January to say, Hey, you know what? I've never given this church thing a shot. 
but my experience on Christmas was decent or was great. And so I'd love to give it a shot. Have you, have you seen anything that's been effective in that regard? I mean, for us, it's definitely been in the environment, uh, you know, having a, a physical environment that is different to a traditional church. People then suddenly come in um, into that and then, sorry, people come into experiencing that kind of uh, environment and it's just something else. It's just so different that people are like, oh, I think I'll give that another shot. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it's our programming. People suddenly realize, oh, it's not like an organ and uh, it's not a traditional church. It's very much a oh my gosh, I could come back and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think one thing that's been really effective for us is having uh, a topical series coming up in January. So when we okay. kick off the new year, uh, really punting that really hard, maybe, maybe doing a flyer that people leave with uh, and trying to make that as impressionable as possible so that people are going like, oh, I want to learn about that. I want to know about that. And I want to come back in January. Those are three things that have definitely worked for us over the years. Duncan, what about you, mate? What have you seen to be effective? Free iPads for everybody who comes back. Free iPads. If you come back in January, bring this coupon Can back and you'll budget? get a yeah. free iPad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that works. That's very effective. It's an amazing uh, take up. It's incredible. Yeah. I, think, I think I agree entirely with Morgan. I think the kids drive it. It, it, it always fascinates me that, that from Monday to Friday, parents drag their kids kicking and screaming to school because they don't want to go. But I've always wanted to be part of a church where at the weekend, the kids do the same. They drag their parents to church, even though the parents might not want to go. The kids are saying, we've got to go. It's so much fun. It's brilliant. All my friends are there. And so I think if you create something amazing for kids and teenagers on Christmas, they're going to be the ones saying to mum and dad, can we go back to that place? That was really cool. And you know what it's like. We've all got kids. If your kids are having fun, then you're having fun. And so you tend to go back with them. And, um, and I think, you know, again, I think the programming thing is so important. I think to, 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 to be helpful to people's lives is so important. So we put our best people on Christmas. We bring our A-team in terms of musicians and speakers and, and everything. And, um, and yeah, so then come, come January, like you say, you program a really you know, engaging topical series and uh, that's going to help people in their everyday lives that's, that's interesting enough to do that. Mm. Um, and uh, and people, t- you know, we, that was a big kick for us. January was always a big kick for us. We got loads of people, and we'd often show, you know, those testimony videos of people that came to church for the first time at Christmas, yeah, um, and kept coming through January and and found Jesus. And so I, you know, I always made when I spoke on Christmas, the Christmas services, my finishing point was never come to Jesus, my because that's a massive step for someone who's just walked into church and heard me speak for fifteen minutes. My finishing point was always come to church again come back again next yeah. week and the week after come back in January, give God an hour of your time in January. That's all we're asking of you. And we want to help you because we're doing this series on how to parent better or how to manage your money at the start of a brand new year, or how to deal with your emotions or whatever it might be. So, good. Um, so give God an hour of your time. So Morgan, um, last question for you, mate, re- related to, to Christmas and the church and how to leverage Christmas to the best of our advantage to, to reach people that don't typically go to church. Is it true in South Africa that January is still part of like the summer holidays for school? Is that a, is that a true thing for your culture? Is that different in South Africa? Yeah, so we would traditionally break up uh, schools in the middle of December and then they'd only go back middle of, of January, late January. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, almost Christmas is like a week into the school holidays. Yeah. Sometimes two weeks. And so, you know, many people are going away 
people flock to the beach. I mean, yes. that's really what we do. I mean, you've, you've got Christmas that happens on the 25th and 26th. We have boxing day, yeah. which is a public holiday, regardless of what day of the week it is. And I can tell you, there are photographs where you cannot see the sand at our beaches because there are so many people on the beaches. And so, yeah, I mean, it's the beginning of the school holidays and, and beginning of sort of the summer holidays. And so we go for a very long time. So we actually, sometimes we will not see a huge influx of people first week yeah. of January. Yeah. We will only start seeing that once the schools go back. So second, yeah. third week of, of the year. In fact, sometimes we, we have done this in the past. We've done a really low key series at the beginning of January. Yeah. And we've actually said to people, Hey, come on the 15th or come on the 20th. Um, because we know people are back in the rhythm of going to church and going back to school and things. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it's, it's a programming nightmare sometimes. Cause you're like, Oh, what's the, what's the weather going to be? Oh, you can't predict that. So now you're like, okay, well, do we plan to have a big series launch on the first week or the second week of the year? Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, you know it's what, Morgan, I, was, I was talking to one church and they, I, this is, a, I mean, one of the joys of this job is you get to speak with church leaders from all over the globe. And so you pick up so many great ideas. And there was this one church and they're talking, they, they were talking about how do they negotiate this, this hybrid between meeting in person and online, you know, once the COVID thing dies down and we're getting back to some level of normality, you know, how do you negotiate the new normal kind of thing? And their plan, and I love this idea, their plan is to, or their idea at the moment is to um, have whole periods in the year where they deliberately don't meet in person and they put all the energy into online. So it's almost like they'll have three wow. in-person seasons during the year. This is when we're here in person. And we'll still stream it. It will still be online. But actually, through the summer, when everybody goes away anyway and church attendance is really low, we're deliberately going to not meet in the building and we're deliberately going to put so much energy and resource into online. You're going to love to connect with us online all the time. Wow. So it gives all your dream team, all your uh, volunteers, the chance for big periods of a break uh, during the year mm. so they can... You know, they haven't got to do 50 Sundays of setting up the stage and the lights and everything else. They can, you know, they're, they're doing uh, three quarters of that. And I just, Morgan. I like that idea, you know, planning maybe January or planning the summer you mm. know, for us, certainly in, in, in the UK, you know, the summer months when people go away. Um, yeah, good. I quite like that plan. Morgan, we have the same issue in Australia where school gets out for summer holidays, um, typically the first or second week of December. And then we, we oftentimes go back the last week of January or the first week of February is actually probably more wow. typical. So January is January, quite frankly, is a bit of a wash for us, but I leveraged uh, here in Australia, I've leveraged kind of some thinking from Craig Rochelle at life church where he looked at the month of July in the U S and they were like, yeah, everybody's just out of town and it's, you know, it's not, not a great season to try and really reach people and said, well, what if we, what if we redeemed that month? And they, they launched this, you guys are probably familiar with the, the concept of at the movies series. And they did this, you know, 10 years ago and they've probably been, you know, been doing it for years now. We actually did that last January here in Australia and found it to be incredibly effective in reaching unchurched people. We tied it in with a number of summer events so that people could come and watch a movie on a Friday night or a Saturday night, popcorn and all the fun stuff for kids and all that sort of thing. And then we had the movie that we were going to be showing or talking about on the Sunday that we would show on the Friday night or whatever, and um, found it to be really effective. The other thing that I found it to be effective around is it wasn't a series that you had to be there for each part. It didn't build on it. Mm. And so it was just, you could be away on holidays, come back into the middle of the series and didn't feel like you were lost because you missed the first two parts or whatever. So 
I think Jason, that's 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 genius. We we did um, we we did uh, we did got we called it God at the movies. We did that for oh, yeah. ten years running in the summer, and it worked so well. And so we decided we try and do the same around Christmas time. So here's an idea: we called it Netflixmas. Ah, nice. I love it. <laughs> and picked and picked Christmas movies. Yes. And we did that for a few years. And it was so, again, it was, you know, because they're one-offs. You don't feel yeah. like you have to come for the series and you missed anything. Um, and you can be super creative with it. But Netflix must worked really well. And so you just, we had the Netflix kind of logo, logo but just called it Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. The great, great thing too, really the great thing too is, you know, a lot of leaders church leaders listen to the podcast and one of the great things kind of behind the curtain uh, conversation here is that you can also engage other communicators to come in and do a one-off so that you and your family can take that much needed rest and and be yeah. a part of you know school holidays like every other family around the country you know because your kids are on school holidays like every other kid just because church is going doesn't mean that they have to miss out on a great summer experience yeah. so morgan mm. pleasure mate thanks for joining us and uh, we'll let you get absolute pleasure Jason, I'm so excited. Um, my good friend, Jamie, who's uh, Pastor Jamie, as he's known in his church, um, he's, uh, he's in our flagship church uh, in Dublin. They have two campuses in, in Dublin, in, in Ireland. And I love going to see Jamie. I love it. I honestly love his church. I love the energy and the way he's created a, a real culture of, of fun and enjoyment and passion about church and passion about Jesus. It spills over into everything they do. And I'm excited to talk to Jamie about Christmas because I have no idea what Christmas is like in Ireland. I mean, the Irish are mad. They're crazy. They, they talk about being up for the crack all the time, which is up for just <laughs> the crazy life. What does the crack mean, Jamie? Honestly, I have no I, clue. And how does it play out at Christmas? I'm not sure if I want it. I don't know if, if I'm really sure I want to know what the crack means, well, we but do. maybe you, we you do. Want to, you do want to know because the crack is essentially a colloquialism for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's, that's not true i thought you were the light that jesus brings i thought you were going to say that when jesus referred to the abundant life he meant to say the crack yeah same thing i mean yeah holy spirit makes it makes it makes it possible so exactly so what have, when, you, no, what, have you noticed as well sorry perks have you noticed in ireland as well that um uh, unlike us they have this thing called the holy spurt yeah. So we I, have we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But in Ireland, especially in the northern part of Ireland, they call it the Holy Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> it took me ages to figure out what the Holy Spirit was, and was it different <laughs> to the Holy Spirit? <laughs> that's that's when the Holy Spirit is under pressure; it becomes a Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, so Jamie, what's what's tradition? What's traditional Christmases look like in Ireland? What do you guys eat? What do you do for fun? You know, what does Christmas morning look like? What is Christmas Eve all about? Sure, I think it's uh, it's the same as most of the Western world. I think Irish people um, would be a lot more relaxed in traditions compared to you know uh, the Brit British or uh, Americans or Australians. Um, so I think I think Duncan, I think he's just having a, a, a very soft crack at the rest the rest of the world, starting with the UK. They're a lot less relaxed. Is that I think, yeah, no, basically I think, I think a lot of formality? I think it's a lot of formality <laughs> in cultures. Like Western, Western world, we all celebrate Christmas the same way. When we have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you know, St. Stephen's Day, or Boxing Day, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, Christmas is huge because with the winter being so bad, mm. uh, Christmas really is that kind of look to go to 
uh, for hope from like from mid October actually the whole way up to to Christmas. Yeah. So right now we're in lockdown again. We're in level five lockdown as a nation. Wow. Our church hasn't been able to gather since March. Probably won't gather until next March. So it'll be a year. But the big fear in everyone's mind right now is, will Christmas be cancelled? That literally is in the paper. I mean, yeah. people are freaking out. In fact, the government, our national government said that one of the reasons why they're going back into a six-week lockdown is to save Christmas. Oh, so wow. culturally, Christmas is huge here, economically, for mental health reasons because of the winter. And because Ireland is a, is a clannish society, we're, we're a family-based society. So gathering a family really matters. And Christmas yeah. as a tradition has always been a time where families, no matter where they are in the country, or very often where they are in the world, like you go to Dublin Airport, 23rd, 24th of December, and there'll just be thousands of people coming home for mm. Christmas. Yeah. It's just tradition. Um, so yeah, look, it's turkey and it's ham and it's dinner and it's Brussels sprouts and it's lots of, you know, depending on your, your uh, value system, lots of alcohol and, you know, all that, all that kind of, all those cl- cliches, the yeah. same um, I just, I would say that we're just very relaxed about it. You know, people just chill and very much binge watching, you know, TV, all the old classics, Back to the Future, Gremlins, you know, come on. So Uh, good. All that kind of stuff. So So good. That's great. Where where are you? I've got so many questions. Where are you on the Brussels sprout um, continuum? Are you, like me, do you think? I wondered about that. yeah, I mean, like me, do you think they're from the straight from the pit of hell? You know, yeah, call, honestly, yeah, in our house, yeah. they call them. Yeah, we call them the devil's dumplings in our house. At Christmas. But if you, but uh, if you, if you, if you oven bake them, if you uh, now we're talking yeah, with garlic and bacon, bacon, bacon. That's garlic the key, Jamie. You, you gotta you add bacon to anything, and it makes it a dream. I don't care what it is. You could put bacon in a pancake. And it takes yeah. it to the next level. Absolutely. That's yeah, you told me that before. But you told me that I had, because I, I had a banana and strawberry smoothie and I put a rasher of bacon in. And put it in. Work, it makes it better. I don't care. You didn't, you obviously didn't put the right bacon in. That's for sure. Yeah, here's, no, no, here's, no, the no. Go. here's the go, Jamie. My wife does the same thing. Oven baked, bit of maple syrup drizzled on the yeah. uh, Brussels sprouts with bacon. Sensational. Next level. Yeah, so good. And and it takes all of the health benefits out of the Brussels sprout. <laughs> exactly. Health benefits. Who wants health benefits at Christmas? Exactly. Christmas? Who needs no, that? No, exactly. So, Jamie, I know, I know you've got a bunch of little ones in your house at Christmas. And the other thing that's a bit that's, that's a bit different about your Christmas is Lud is Brazilian. So, right. so what what happened? So, I want to know what. Talk me through a Jamie Corcoran Christmas morning. What does Christmas morning look like with your boys? Hey, and also, what, how does the Brazilian angle play So out? a little bit of context here, just for those that are listening into the podcast. So Jamie, your wife is Brazilian, right? And w- pronounce yeah. her first name for us again. Ludmila. Ludmila, okay. Yeah, cool. Russian so what, name. It's everybody. It's like yeah, it's a yeah. Russian. Yeah. But that's classic in Brazil. Lots of European influence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what does that look like for you guys when you mix all the Irish and the Brazilian together? Well, what it means for me is that typically I have to have, over a period of five days, I have five Christmas dinners because we typically <laughs> do a half party. That's what I'm talking about. We have um, <laughs> Brazilians celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So Brazilians okay. eat at midnight. Wow. They eat at midnight? Yeah. Wow. So historically we would be done eating around 3 a.m. <laughs> I didn't give the gifts. Then go to bed. Then get back up at eight a.m. Do the Irish thing, the kids, 
have Christmas dinner around two o'clock in the day, three o'clock in the day, Christmas day. And then St. Stephen's day, we, I would head down to my family where I'm from and have another Christmas dinner. So wow. it's a lot of eating it's, and it's, staying up late. Yeah. So Christmas is pretty hectic in my house in particular. I love it. And not two words that go well together. So I got a couple yeah. of questions. I got, I got so many questions, but first question is you talked about Ireland being a clannish culture. So family is incredibly important, but I have a feeling, you know, cause a lot of people listening to this are going to say, well, family is important around the world. We go back to grandma's house and whatever, but I've never referred to like Christmas being important because of our clan, like maybe family, but not clan. So talk to us, unpack that for us. Like what, what does that look like on a practical level when you think of your clan in Ireland? Yeah, I think it's going to the wider family. And I think there's um, still a strong connection with wider family. Yeah. So the idea that um, you don't just go see just your grand, but like all the cousins, aunts, uncles. I mean, it's all the typical, again, cliches seen in the movies about Irish people in funerals, Irish people in weddings, Irish people in anything. We just kind of just, we're there and we're all yeah. there. And it's a thing, you know, because we're family. Yeah. And almost... It's almost mafia-like in a way. Um, so the expectation in Ireland, for example, is like, especially if you're, if I was living at home in my hometown, um, is that I would drive around and visit. Everyone who couldn't come to the house dinner, we would go and visit every single person in our family. Wow. Um, and give Christmas cards and usually, you know, cans of Guinness or bottles of J- uh, Jameson or... Um, what's the other one called? The uh, uh, Baileys, you know, all yeah, the things yeah. that we make that are great uh, yes. and help the world. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's just, I, I suppose, just we still have, and unfortunately, it's one of the things I think secularism, as it has in most of the Western world, is trying to erode is that sense mm-hmm. of family. Um, it's, it's not gone yet, thank God, but, for, but when I was younger, when I was a kid, like that was just huge. I mean, you could, you could, you would see 50, 60 people Christmas Day um, either coming through the house. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, you know, going to see them. You know, it wasn't just, you know, like you said, going to have Chris dinner plus one other group from our family. You're talking yeah. like the whole yeah. uh, thing. We actually looked at last year for our family because my family's big and my wife's family is big and um, some of them have moved here. So they're here um, renting a small castle uh, 30 miles away. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's um, a castle, Airbnb, like proper castle yeah and just to, just to host all the family and i tell people that they're gonna go that's why would you do that and i'm going well unless you understand the clan and yes. you know tribe yeah you, that would never make sense yeah uh, our table never gets smaller our table only ever gets bigger yeah so i suppose it's just a cultural thing it's one of the reasons why like i can say you see it portrayed in the media so often in different countries south africa australia america even in, in the uk sense of people who, who are three generations removed from having been born in Ireland, but still call themselves Irish. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. clan culture yeah. that seems to just, you know, penetrate generations. It's, it's quite interesting yeah. actually. Well, as where, a, does ch- where does church fit into all that? Then? I was just gonna, I was just going to ask the same thing, Duncan, like where do you squeeze church into the, to the festivities? Well, great question. I think like obviously most people, at least culturally grew up in Ireland as Catholic. And yeah. generally speaking, you do maybe a Christmas Eve mass, six o'clock Christmas Eve mass. There's nine o'clock. I think, I think maybe it's midnight as well. Mm. In the in the evangelical church, because it's so new here, like the church is only new in Ireland. Like you're talking really only 30 years old, the church wow. here. Wow, wow. Uh, 
And even still, like less than 1% of Ireland is evangelical, so it's still tiny. So there's no real tradition yet around that. Most, most churches don't do anything. Actually, most churches simply don't do anything. They just don't have meetings. They don't um, do church services. Um, they uh, just take it off because yeah. everyone's so busy with family, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we have a lot of immigrants, obviously, in Ireland. Um, I think 20% of the population now are... I think it's 20% of Irish population is is kind of come into immigration so pastorally i feel like we have a duty to care for those people they don't have family they don't have these traditions necessarily um christmas can be a very tough time and there's also those who are lonely and single and you know struggling Mm -hmm. mentally um christmas uh, just after christmas is one of the highest spikes of suicide for us yeah so we do we do a service um for for mostly for those people like yeah. I think people who have family units and are healthy and they don't, they, I, mean, I don't, I don't need another church service Christmas. Yeah. I just don't yeah. need this. It's not going to help me, but we do it for those who don't have. Yeah. So we've, we've done different things over the years. We've done Christmas day services, yeah. which are like a 40 minute Christmas day in and out thing. We've done a Christmas Eve kind of candlelight services. Um, Sometimes depends on the years, you know. Sometimes like Christmas Eve is it a Sunday in the calendar yes. anyway. Yes. So we don't really, we don't have a thing. We've changed it so much over the years. We just do something for those people. But I think if you ask me generally, most Irish churches just shut down yeah. and don't do anything yeah. because there's no need to and there's no, there's no culture or tradition of. I know, like I talk to my friends in America and the places they're like, oh man, you know, like thousands of people come Christmas. I'm going people, people aren't going to come to church. In Ireland at Christmas, they're flipping nah. shopping and got their what, Mrs. Gift and they're running scrambling to buy the Guinness and the Baileys because they go visit Granny. Yeah. Like, there's just no, there's no, no framework uh, yeah. for that. So, for us, it picks it's up. Sound, it, it sounds like you're going to be, it's going to be an online Christmas for Lighthouse Church in oh, Dublin yeah, this year. So, what, what will that look like? Have you started planning that? Um, how will you engage it's with going to show Gremlins one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> you could do the, uh, the Netflix miss. Yeah, you go. We, we, we did Christmas at the movie last year, actually. It went really well. We yeah. Did, uh, did Home Alone. We did uh, Arthur Christmas, Elf and Miracle 34th Street and nice. people loved it because these were all great movies you know um, yeah we're still debating what we're going to do because as you know you guys know and everyone listening knows the thing about coronavirus is like trying to plan like in a fog oh. you know, it's like a fog you can't yeah. see beyond two weeks Yeah. so we're going to wait until mid-November which will be the middle of this current lockdown for us and then yeah. make some decisions for what we're going to do we yeah. have a couple options on the table one of them is actually to do Christmas the movies again Yeah. because went so well last year but uh but yeah in terms of christmas we we haven't I mean, we we've just kind of had a couple of just preliminary what would we do i suppose we what, what we said is we do we always do we make it fun so it has to have crack yeah you know we make it family because that's that's the kind of you know reason for the season um and then obviously it'll be completely about jesus um so we don't know yet what we're going to do what we have said we're going to do practically is we're probably going to do a couple of outreaches like, for example, we've kind of asked our kids' church to put together a plan to do a drive-through um, where we kind of just meet and greet, give them a Christmas card and a present, a yeah. toy, um, and just kind of keep that relationship going between kids' church, parents, kids' church, and the kids. So that would be around Christmas and obviously plug into an invitation to, hey, don't forget our online Christmas service. Um, we're also going to put out a mailer to all of our, everyone in our database, 
with like a like a little envelope with a little kind of a postcard in it. Uh, you know, Happy Christmas and da, da, da. and then a, maybe a voucher, a gift voucher for like mm-hmm. food or, or coffee or something. So yeah, we're gonna do a couple of things like that in lieu of not being able to do anything else <laughs> and just try to keep people engaged and um, and kind of you know get them excited for for Christmas. So yeah, I yeah, love so that, Jamie. We're still kind of planning it, you know? Man, I love the creativity around staying connected to people physically, even though you can't gather together, but you, you can only connect online. I love the drive-through idea. I love, that's a brilliant idea of sending out the gift and putting in a voucher for, you know, beverage or, you know, food or something. It's a great way, I think, to maybe even be, you know, kind of for some of the businesses in your area and promote local businesses and, and be able to bless them. Uh, this Christmas time as well, so I think that's fantastic, mate. I love it. I do, and I think I think it, it, it's a great way of um, people feeling proud about their church. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Wow, look what my church is doing, and you feel yeah. connected. And and Jamie's always done that. Jamie's been incredibly creative, and and ever since I've known Jamie, he's just got this passion to reach people who don't normally come to church. Yeah, and will use any you know a short of sin, he will use any means he can figure out of, of connecting those people in it which is why sort he's of sort of breaking the law duncan those two yes. things are <laughs> sin and law yeah, 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 yeah. well the fact <laughs> that you keep on the record anyway as, long as, as far as the record is concerned uh sort of you keep the you keep referring to crack and i just want to keep uh in you know translating for our listeners he's talking about fun in ireland yeah. is referred right. to as crack although yeah. some people maybe listening to it would say crack is fun so who knows um, <laughs> but it's not. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie. It's not spelled C R A C K, no, is it? No, no. It's an Irish word. So it's C R A I C. Okay, okay. It's an Irish. Word. Literally, it's actually, the word is actually in a sense undefinable because it can mean like you can in Ireland when we greet someone, like you know, Australia is like, "How's it going?" You know. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, Good day. Um, you could ask someone, "What's the crack?" Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And the typical response would be, "The crack is mighty." <laughs> that's, awesome. like, so that's great. Does that kind of What was church like last time? I say, oh, that was great crack. Yeah, it was great crack. That's yeah. awesome. You know, like it's uh, it's kind of typically Irish. Does not make any sense. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I love logically it. Speaking, like, like, but experientially, it's like you, oh, when you when you when you've had the crack, you know you've had the crack. Like, <laughs> it's undeniable. That's you've good. Have you, Jason, have you ever tasted Guinness? I mean, proper Guinness, not just the tin that you bought in a shop in. And this is a, uh, this is, you know, I've never had, I've never had Guinness in Ireland. Wow. I mean, it, it honestly, mate, it's different level. It really is different level. In fact, I know that you, in, in the back of your mind, you and your family are thinking about coming over and we are. visiting Ireland, I, aren't you? Jamie, I, I haven't told you this yet, but my wife and I, pre-COVID, were supposed to be in Ireland for our 20th anniversary. This oh, year. Really? Yeah. But we wow. had to we had to postpone it. So uh but we're gonna we're gonna come. Whenever they allow us, that's the first it's actually the first destination on our list is is UK and Ireland. We've yeah, we yeah. so I've yeah. only ever been to the UK, uh Scotland, you know, England, Wales. I've never gotten to Ireland and Kristen it's been on her bucket list forever so we've got to get there. God says it's best for last Sparkle. that's it mate that's it it is great and when you when when I when I went with Jamie you took me to the, the Guinness factory you can do a tour of the Guinness okay. factory okay yeah good and you all the way up it's eight floors of it all and you when you buy your ticket on the bottom floor 
um, part of the ticket price is a free pint of Guinness when you get to the Sky Bar right at the oh, top. Oh, wow. Yeah. So your lips are smacking all the way up. And yeah, you get I bet. Halfway up and they take you into the tasting room halfway up and you get a thimble full of Guinness. And okay. You go, wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time you get to the top, it's amazing. And when we left, Jamie said to me, uh, and I'm just, just saying this just in case Jamie wants to put this on, on, on you know, on my Christmas on his Christmas list. <laughs> when we left, you walk through the merchandise shop, like, sure. every, like Disney. Like Disney, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jamie said to me, "You must buy some Guinness chocolate." And I thought, yeah. "Oh, that sounds disgusting." And I bought yeah. it, and I took it home. And I'm telling you, you can't get it anywhere but the Guinness store. In wow, Dublin. yeah, it is just unbelievable. Guinness and chocolate—you never think it would work, oh, but it is Guinness marriage is made in they, heaven. They just—they just take food and dip it in Guinness. I mean, you could dip Brussels sprouts in Guinness. And yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> Forget the bacon, put in the Guinness. That's Guinness. good. Uh, it's so good. It'd be nice in the Christmas cake. Stirring that in the Christmas cake. Would oh, be fantastic. Good. A lot of the Christmas cake recipe in Ireland is made with Guinness. Wow. I love it. Okay. So good, man. It is great. So, so final question then, Jamie. What's what? Uh, you know, what's your on top of your gift list? I mean, what is it you would love to receive this Christmas? Are you? Mm. Is it? Is it like you know the new iPhone twelve? Is that is that the deal? Or um, you know, uh, a Kansas City cap to go with your Raiders ones. Kansas or, you know, City what's... cap. He's asking, he's asking a Raiders fan if they want a Kansas City cap. That's a... I think what I want for Kansas City is not going to be pretty. I can't yeah, yeah, it's not a cap. That's for sure. A cap, maybe a cap in somebody's head. <laughs> exactly. It's not a, a kneecap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, look, I, I, I think um, what would I like for Christmas? I like stuff that is practical so i love golf as you know duncan so yeah something along those areas i also do a lot of crossfit so those things always you're always needing gear you know stuff so i don't know i'm i i i'm the worst at uh kind of putting forth what i want for christmas you know i, I kind of get to christmas and i get a gift and i go well, that's crap and I go, but then again, I never, I never made it. I never made any point of telling him what I wanted, you know? So like, <laughs> who's the fool? <laughs> I mean, I put all, I put all the effort into it. Like I, when I be someone else's present, we do like Chris Kringle in our family. Cause so big, I'll, like I'll spend weeks thinking and when I get a really, really good present and you know, typically it'll kind of, I want to kind of really surprise the recipient, you know? Um, I go, like I go all out and, uh, but then, like, I'll get a scarf or something to be, like, so bitterly disappointed. Like, why, why, why is this happening to me? And it's because every year, like, right now, the same thing. You ask me, like, what, what would you like? I'm going, I have no idea. I don't even know what I want, you know? I mean, I know what I like. I have my interests and hobbies, but uh, I have no idea. And the thing is, like, yeah, iPhone would be great for sure. Like, actually, my contract runs up next month, so I'm getting the iPhone 12 free nice. Nice. because of the contract. So it's just like, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't know. If you think it's something, you have my address, so by all means you can send it over. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, Jason, um, what about you? What, what have you have you have you already thought about what you're going to get Kirsten, uh, Kristen this Christmas? Yeah, so Kristen, our anniversary, our wedding anniversary is exactly one week before Christmas. So we got married on the 18th of December. So it makes it easy for me to be able to remember the date. <laughs> um, so every year we've had this um, <clears throat> we've had this tradition as a couple that we don't buy each other Christmas gifts we buy each other an anniversary trip. We go away um, for our anniversary. And so quite frankly, Jamie, uh, the gift this Christmas is to continue to go to Ireland. That's the, <laughs> that's the actual gift. That's what we're, that's what we're working towards. So as soon as, 
soon as COVID, you know, maybe slows down a little bit and they start to open international borders in 2025, um, we'll, we'll be coming to see you in about four years or five years from now. But on a, on a practical level, mate, I'm, I'm a bit like Jamie. I've got a few hobbies that I, that I really enjoy. And so anything, anything around those hobbies is a great gift for me. And uh, I, may be, I may be throwing in my man card by saying this, but I'm a, you're, a, you're a CrossFit guy, Jamie. This is going to yeah. be humorous. Um, I, do, I do Pilates, reformer Pilates, and I'm hardcore into Pilates. So um, it's probably the opposite spectrum of, uh, of yeah. CrossFit. But, as long as you're uh, active. That's it. So I, uh, yeah. I'm trying to picture up. hardcore Pilates right now. The image is not really yeah, coming to yeah, mind. Yeah, it's not coming to mind, is it? It's not coming to mind. <laughs> Jamie, the, the only reason he does Pilates is because the class is full of middle-aged women. Let's it's be because, honest. It's because my wife will come with me. That's why. Yeah. That's why <laughs> Pilates is actually hard. I mean, oh. that's, that's one of these kind of misconceptions. Oh. When you're having to hold holes oh. and breathing, like it's actually tough. You t- tell me about it, mate. Well, it's, it's a like, core it's workout. It's like gymnastics. Everyone goes, oh, gymnastics is what bunch of guys jump around the place. So the, the two people that dominate, I mean, dominate Pilates, are ballet and gymnastics. Yeah. Gymnastics. Those two people, because they've got core, like they've got core, like nobody's business. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds yeah. like Christmas in Ireland, whatever, whatever your fitness regime is, after all that food, you're going to oh, yeah. have to get into something in January to, to work oh, yeah. it off again. Like we have this, like in every country has this, we have the kind of, then the kind of cultural kind of carry on tradition. So eating the turkey, you know, so, you know, reheating the turkey and making oh, yeah. it like the turkey and that whole thing. So like, so, Steve, so Christmas here, I think is what, what's unique as well is Christmas is the whole week in Ireland. Like yeah. it's not just Christmas day yeah. and then back to work. It literally is the entire week. So the country shuts down. Yeah. And so like near 99% businesses, Send all their employees home. Yeah. Almost nothing is open outside retail. Like it's the whole week, and it literally is a week of eating and drinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, I was going to say we'll see you in the New Year. Is basically the message on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like most churches in Ireland would like be shut down for two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. the week of the 18th of December, whatever Sunday, a day that Sunday falls on, right through to like the fifth or sixth of January. Yeah. That, that two week period, like there's no, there's churches aren't usually doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. One final question then, Jamie, it's a question we've asked a few of these pastors we've talked about on this call about, about, um, about Christmas. What are you planning as a church to re-engage people in January? Um, you know, have you start, I know you said you haven't thought in detail about Christmas yet, but what about January? What's your thinking? Yeah, because um, you know, those are, our church works in rhythms. You know, we kind of know what we're going to do every part of the year. We know that January is a big kind of invitation draw series. If we're going to use a North Point series, usually we use it in January. So things like um, the Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Own Future, big hit in January. Hey, we're talking about your future. How do you shape that? How do you not allow it to happen to you accidentally, but how do you, um, uh, you know, kind of intentionally build towards the future you want? So enter around planning future that's not quite um you know what did they call them these uh new year new year resolution thing but far you know much more practical uh, is a big hit so like um and obviously we we have in up and out series are the directions of our series so in is anything that's for felt needs up is anything that develops passion and spirituality towards god and out is anything that engages the attention of non-believers so for us um january is always an out series so we kind of 
we kind of we kind of ebb and flow. So like right now, we're we're in a big out series called Apologetic, and it's kind of answering kind of skeptics' challenge Christianity. So we're going to talk about science. We're going to talk about hell. We're going to talk about hypocrisy. And we're going to talk about um, the problem of evil and suffering. And that, that's a huge one right now. Uh, and just trying to get people's attention and I'll bring them in. Then we'll kind of do a short felt need series. And then we'll do another Christmas series that kind of gets gets their attention. So. So we, we have a couple of things on the books right now we're looking at. But like I said, for us, we don't really worry about the specific series because we know what we need that month, you know. And then we go back into a, a felt need series in February as we build up towards Easter. Um, so I'll probably be looking at what Andy's done the last couple of, you know, I'll look at a couple of things he's done um, and see. Um, but typically, if we're going to do a North Point series, we do it in January. And, tip, and that's just because, just to clarify, <laughs> selfishly, it's because... We, I want my team to rest as much as they can in the latter half of December. I don't want them creating videos and graphics and bumpers and all that kind of stuff. So I like to get a, you know, a kind of ready-made series from somewhere else so that all they're doing is posting stuff on social media, emailing people. The work's all done. And then, boom, first week of January, we're up. Yeah. People have people been able to rest over Christmas. So. Yeah, the heavy lifting is done for you, and you guys are really just facilitating and implementing. It's great. I love that rhythm. Jason, how about this? I just think what Jamie said, we could do a whole podcast on this, about how you create a rhythm of teaching through a, through a year. Yeah. This idea of, of splitting everything you do into three categories. I love the in, in up, out. I love out. that, Jamie. That so good, great? mate. Love that. In fact, I, I literally was reviewing the series that I've done over the last six months. And I was thinking, okay, what is, what of those series, how have they fallen into that cat, those categories? Brilliant. Love that. Well, Jamie, thanks so much, mate. Super, super helpful. And so fun to hear what you guys do in Ireland and I uh, hope you enjoy the crack this Christmas. Duncan, we've got some great things coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. What's happening next week. Hey, so we're going to keep pushing into the Christmas theme and we've got, we're looking at two other corners of the world. We've got people from America and Latin America um, bringing kind of a different flavour to our Christmas. So if you've enjoyed this conversation, please, please, please subscribe and pick up next week's because you're going to find it helpful and you're going to find it entertaining this Christmas. But until then, everybody, Perko and me just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. Talk to you next week. Well, we hope this episode of Bricks and Clicks was helpful. If it was, then we'd love if you could leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are leading a church in Australia, the UK or Ireland, we'd love to help you grow your church by reaching unchurched people. Go to www.bricksandclickpodcast.com and click on your country's flag to find a whole bunch of free resources to help your church go further, faster and become irresistible once again.